I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even if you've only got a platform ticket, use the opportunity to jump on board now because the train in platform number seven is about to depart. What is that train? That train is the Mallard, <laughs> and it's leaving, going up the country, around the country, and uh, throughout the whole trip, we'll be listening to Jules and Jim's Joyride. Ceaseless toil is his metre, his voice so grandiose, it brings orphans and widows to tears. Ark at him, it's Mark Armand. Mark Armand, Hooray! yes. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jules. Yes. So good nice to, to see you. you. What a wonderful introduction. Yeah, it's great to see anybody, really, isn't it? Now, I always yep. think it's good to see anybody. Yeah, really, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we think. That's why you're here. And um, it's great to have you here. And, and, and you are, of course, you know, a very well-travelled man because you've spent your life, I mean, quite a bit of it on tour with me, actually. But, uh, but you've But you've spent your life going around the world. Is travel something you enjoy? I absolutely love travel. I think that's been one of the main things that I've missed so much is that I'm uh, just travelling abroad, going abroad, going to different places. I'll have a bucket list. You know, you have a bucket list when you're getting on a little bit. You must know that when you're getting on a bit and you kind of have a, have a bucket list of places you'd like to go to and experiences that you'd like to have. Because I always think it's important when you get older to have experiences, not things. So I like to go, well, I want to go here and experience this. I yeah. want to try this meal. I want to try that. I want to do this. I want to see this. I want so to see that. Would you travel a long way to get a meal, which might be just good fish and chips? Fish and chips, actually. I had some fantastic fish and chips last week because I went out to see my mum up in Southport. And on the on the way back, um, we went off the motorway to Coventry, and we we were trying to find some. We're trying to find some fish. That's a fish funny and place to look for fish and chips. Well, it's landlocked. Well, well, Coventry is landlocked. Like, we were starving, and we were thinking all the service stations were like wastelands. Really, we could, there was nothing there. I said, I remember this little. Our last hope is a fish and chip shop that's just off the motorway in um, Coventry. And there it was, it was open, and we sat there on the edge of the murk, eating fresh, there was nobody else there, he made us fresh fish and chips on a tray, and we sat there on the edge of the murk, eating fish and chips. And I thought, this is what life is all about. Haddock or cod? Um, It was cod, actually, Mm. but it was very, very... What do you favour? I'm a haddock man, actually, myself. Well... It's Haddock, Lancashire, and Cod, Yorkshire. I can't remember. One, one is like, I think Haddock is Lancashire and Cod is Yorkshire. What's the best fish and chip place you've ever been to? Oh, well, there's no question about it. It is uh, the, the award-winning, and quite rightly so, Shea Fred in Bournemouth. Absolutely. Uh, I would you concur well. with that? And it's not like a fish and chips you get anywhere else. It's so delicious. And I only discovered it because we were on tour 25 years ago 
And I had the newspaper open in the car and it said Bournemouth Fish and Chip Shop wins award for fish and chips once again. Shay Fred. I, so, I and agree so we were going to Bournemouth, yep. so we went to Bournemouth and there it was. And it's, it's unbelievable. And it's really it's good, amazing. Isn't? It's the best fish and chip shop I've been to. I'm certainly yeah. introduced to, to it by Jules. And when you go there, Fred will roll out the red carpet and it's yes. the, the red newspaper, whatever. And, and all of the celebrities of Bournemouth have been yeah. there, of course. And yeah. of course, the, and, and the political parties have it to have it they come in for it. it doesn't it doesn't deliver so well it doesn't travel the fish and chips though. have you been to the cottage in blackpool is that a fish and chip shop or a sex place it's, <laughs> no it's a fish and chip <laughs> shop and you go in there and it's the walls are full of celebrities who've had the fish right. and chips and they're absolutely but they're all kind of end of the pier like, i love that people. that's fantastic that's what's great about it. but it's not just them then you've got a load of prog rockers in there like Greenslade and Jethro God, Tull that's, and all that. that. That sounds my kind of place. No, What's it called again, Jim? It's, it's, it's called The Cottage. Going back to the places you'd travel to to have dinner. So, for instance, I would go to Zurich just to eat at the Kronenhalle. Yes. Which is the sort of the grandest restaurant in Zurich. Where is you, it? You because get, I went to Zurich and I couldn't find anywhere decent oh my the Kronenhaller is like you get ancient sort of foreign legion colonels money launderers um, artists I mean it's so delicious and they uh, aged waiters come around in their white uniforms carving from a trolley for you or of course Plakuta in Vienna uh, Putin's oh, favourite no. restaurant. You know, these are yeah, these yeah, are places yeah. that have been there for years. They don't do anything fancy. They do the same thing and they, they've done it for years. I think those are the places I'd travel to. Here's my Zurich experience. It was our wedding anniversary and I, we went to what we thought was the poshest place, not the place you said, and I got... Um, it was like a bright orange sausage and some potatoes and I think it was about 300 quid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, well, but then we went... We thought we'd go to the top of this mountain. Yeah. So we got a train to the top of this mountain covered in snow it was really beautiful fantastic hotel at the top and we ordered a dish which is called food of the world and it turned up and it was like some various takeaways so there'd be a chinese takeaway all on the same plate chinese indian and a little and bit like, of this a, a bit little of fish, bit of that yeah, but all together on the same plate and it was vile did you when you because it's important it's, the, it's all about the question did you say i want the best restaurant or did you say i want the most expensive restaurant that you can find. That's the error. Yes, it? yeah. And yeah. Uh, the other thing I've learned is people that know the best restaurants are old because they spent their lives going to them. You know. Old people know uh, the best places. Yes, yeah. My brother follows old people around the supermarket just to just to see what of, they, they buy. There's a lot of sense but, in that because if you follow old people, you're not going to get food poisoning. No, no that's you? right. Because, exactly. They, they yeah, know they about that sort of thing. Safe, so safe what, on the what stomach. you say is to the people, if you're asking in a hotel, for instance, is where would you take your mother for her 75th birthday? Yeah. Uh, and you can end up in some delicious places. It depends what their mum's like, of yeah. course. Well, you know. My mum's 93, and I've just been out with her and took her place. She always forgets what she's ever had, so we went out and had some Japanese, and she said, oh, I like this foreign food. And that's something you only from the mouths of old people. <laughs> <Yeah>. Foreign food. <laughs> in these or modern a, days. Or that foreign stuff. <laughs> and Mark, what's your favourite form of... Tra- you do, I mean, for instance, I remember... Uh, we'd just done a show together somewhere and we were being driven back to London the next morning but we, you got dropped off at Heathrow because you were straight off to Russia to do a show. Absolutely. For instance, you, you, you're you very popular in Russia. And didn't you have a fantastic experience travelling in Russia before the years ago with the, well, I did, on the I planes? Mean, when I first went to, to Russia was I think it was about 1992 and I was taken there as a cheap date by the British Council to Russia, Siberia, the Baltic States and this was still very communist. I, even though it, it had changed and the yeah. wall had come down and Gorbachev and everything else, perestroika, but it was still very, very communist. And we arrived in Moscow to fly to 
Omsk in Siberia. Mm. We had to wait for hours and because the plane had to come from Omsk to Moscow, six hours or something like that, to pick us up to take us back again. And it got halfway to Moscow and then realised it ran out of petrol, so it went right back again to Omsk to come back to pick us up again. And when we finally did arrive, we all had to just right, say, run for it, get on the plane, run for it, because everyone had to run for the plane. And so there was a gunfight going on to, to get on the plane. People were bringing guns out and going, no, I've been waiting here for six hours, waiting for six hours. So we just had to run to the plane, hoisting our, our cases up a ladder onto the plane where we sat there with no seatbelts, no anything like that. People, people smoking. People, people were standing and smoking, standing in the aisles. You uh, just they, had, there. they had farm animals on them. They, they, they had, well, there was, a, there, was a, there was an overwhelming smell of chicken, of broiling chicken. And, and the, the hostess had bright blue eye makeup or green eye makeup and um, sort of like stockings and suspenders and uh, this is split split sort of skirt really it was really <laughs> like that and she came she's bringing a bucket of boiling chicken round so a bucket of chicken so she bought this boiling chicken round this pervading smell <laughs> of chicken then she brought round a single mars bar on a tra- on a tray, everyone was too guilty to eat the Mars bar. You know, I can't. I bet I can't, you won't. I can't, I can't, <laughs> give me that Mars bar. Give <laughs> that Mars bar. It was a, it was um it was an adventure. It, it was a, a a total nightmare. But looking back at it with the rose tinted spectacles, it was amazing adventure and amazing. And I stayed in the same bed that Boris Yeltsin had stayed in the week before. I, they hadn't washed the sheets, God. No. <laughs> Obviously. What an honour. And it was just a horrendously horrible experience, but it was kind of fantastic as well. I, I, I should say that Russia is very different. It has changed a lot since yes. then. But th- th- this was the days... This is old Russia, Changing yeah. from perestroika, from the Soviet days, to a kind of a um, stumbling its way into a modern Russia. But it, it was... it was. I thought it was... I look back at it, I'm glad I had that experience, because if I could put up with that, I could put up with anything... You might not remember this, but we met in my house in New Cross about 1982 or three. I used to live in a house with test department. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, and I'd get up in the morning and there'd be some new character there. One day it was you, the next day it'd be Susie Sue, and one day I came down and Blixer Belgart from Anstutz and right. and was stood cooking bacon in nothing but a pair of wellies. Oh! Well, <laughs> that's lovely. That's a very, da- I think that's a very, very dangerous thought. Actually, yeah. cooking, cooking bacon in in a pair of wellies. Yeah, that, that must have been that must have been an, an amazingly crazy house to live in because test department they were all quite crazy. They were a group that played with metal, weren't yeah. they? All their instruments were metal. They made kind of rhythms out of, and so so did Neubauten, didn't they? It was all yeah. kind of rhythmic of metal sort of. Well, that metal things. first of all came yeah. from a, a factory in Millwall, which. Yeah, had been knocked down, and it was a great big metal sort of tank yeah. which had test department number six painted right. on the side of it. So they that were came great right guys. In. Test department, they were all, all it was all wonderful groups of people in in, in those days. It was a wonderful days. And and Mark, you might, I mean, going back to the thing of you tour, you've never driven, is that right? I, I've never driven. I can't drive. I have owned cars, and I love cars. You've I given do. cars to people. I bought a car once. It was back in the 84. You might be able to help me with, remember what kind of, it was a Mercedes. What, Big what was, saloon, was it a 500S? Probably, yeah. SE or whatever And, and we called it Oscar. Yeah. And we drove all over you. I, I, I just get friends to drive. I went straight into a showroom and I said, I was doing quite well in those days. And I said, uh, well, have that one, please. He said, would you like a phone in it, sir? And I said, well, I wouldn't mind, actually. I'll have a phone in it. He said, would you like a fridge in the back? 
So I said, oh, I'll have one of those as well, actually. We, we, we bought this Mercedes and had it for a long time. And it kind of, um, it, it was, it had, we had a marvellous, wonderful travelling over, over Europe with it, but I could never drive it. No, that's a, I mean, that, that's a good car for touring, isn't it? Big, big, big it was absolutely project. huge. German cars. Yeah. What did, you, did you keep your boiled eggs and so forth in the, yeah, in the well, fridge? I, I don't know whether they actually used the fridge, actually. They had a phone that was the size of a giant. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love those because I yeah. felt like when they first got I don't think we could phone anybody because no, nobody else had one, so... Well, you could have rung me. I think I had one, but it was. I, I much preferred them when they were in the car and then they had the coily lead that attached them yeah. to the car, the same as the coily lead that you had yeah. on an old telephone at home. You know, yeah. that was when the phone went in the car, it was such a. You felt like you were the most glamorous person in the world. Yeah. And you, Excuse me, I've just got to take this call. Yeah. You know, I just absolutely. I loved that. Oh, that was what great. What was that in? I think I had a Jaguar XJ12. That had, so that had a great big one on the centre console, That's didn't right, it? That's right, exactly. The, the phone, yeah. so you're picking up, Roger yes. Moore. Not only did you have the phone with all of its numbers yeah. and letters, like an old sort of phone, but you had all of these switches and gauges going across yes. and buttons. And I mean, there was so much control going on there, really. I mean, that was the, that was the way to live. I looked down, I think I should have had a jacket that was like an airline pilot's jacket yes. with like some, some gold bands around yeah. the cuff. I mean, I think as, as, as the royalties kind of went down a bit, I think the car got swapped for smaller cars and smaller cars and swap you that for that and another bit of extra cash in the bank swap with that bit of cash in the bank I think we ended up with like probably swapped it for like 20 ecstasies in a mini I think probably <laughs> 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 at the end of the day well it's something but it's <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you were saying that you like travelling for experiences uh, you know, the experience was more than you know, more than buying something. You just wanted to go for a different experience. Any, yeah. uh, any, any that you've got planned once all the pandemic well, and you can travel I'd again. I'd like is... to go to the to the arts on an Arctic place or the Arctic. So, I mean, I mean, Russia, of course, it, you can get. That, so I'd love to go to the Antarctic. Or well, there's still still some left, really. Or I'd, I'd love to always want to do one of those big adventures where I never get sent. I've always wanted to be open to doing those big adventures where they send you places, you know, and you have to have to do sort of live in an igloo or something like that, or live in a. You'd like that? I can't see you really liking that. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 as a dear old friend of mine, I'm, and having been on tour with you, I don't know that it really. Well, yeah, I, I, I do like five star travel jewels. It's very true. I do, I do like when I can get it. I'd, I'd, I'll have it. But I mean, I, I do kind of fancy the idea. I've, I just don't know. I just kind of like this idea of having having some adventures. I think yeah. some last minute adventures. It's that bucket list thing again. Yeah. You know, you think I, I can do that. I'll go with and, you. and I think it would, it would be hilarious anyway. It would be, it would be amusing. No, I've always wanted to go to the Arctic. It would be amusing. And live in, yeah, well, we'll go, Jim. We'll, 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 yeah. and we'll, and no, we'll do I, a little trick, yeah. and we'll live in an, a, a short one, and we'll um, have some. You know, some people can show us how to cook a, how to kill a, seal. a piece of blubber or something yes. over, yeah. Yeah. over <laughs> a fire you've got the or right, something. You've got the right, yes, a blubber sushi. I think you've got the right some idea. That, well, that's of course sushi. The, I was thinking of that. that yeah. That's of course the Arctic, the Antarctic, which is where I went, which is the north, which is the south. Well, I'd like to go there too. I, I mean, I'm that getting... was pretty incredible, and it was so remote you could see like these mountains or ice sort of great sort of yeah. icy like, it's like being in a surrealist landscape it would be like being in a Salvador Dali painting oh, I'm sure these strange gigantic sculptures hundreds of feet high made of ice but then what you realise is over the top of the sort of horizons there was just more and more nothing it was just so remote and there was just you realize if you fell overboard that was yeah. the end of it you know what would you do you you're, you really well, were I'm, remote I'm, I'm, in, the, in the in the middle of nowhere but the one of the strange places we did visit and i think you might have liked this was a disused british research station which they'd all had to abandon because they only had a window of like a week yeah. when the weather was going to be okay and they left it in 1958 
And because the temperatures were all frozen, the entire contents of this research station of 1958 are completely untouched. There's no rats, there's no mice, yeah. there's no flies, there's no insects. Everything's frozen. So literally you go in, there's the bunks, there's the uh, duffel coats right. hanging there. There's yeah. a pin-up of Joan Collins on the wall. There's, uh, there's a, a couple of newspapers that were probably a bit out of date anyway, a radio. There was spam, which was probably all perfectly still edible, and a great big stock of Smedley's peas. <laughs> and that, that, to me, was like extraordinary. You would see in all the wildlife. Well, that's the and then place the that, I, that I would like to go to, because I think I might be getting my Arctics mixed up with my Antarctic. Where are the penguins? They're in the Arctic, which where, is the where, top. Where are the polar bears? But no, sorry, sorry, no, the Antarctic. The oh, well, penguins they, well, I want to go where the penguins yeah, are. Yeah, no, the penguins are fantastic. And so I'd, I'd like to go there and I'd like to have a, a real kind of experience of an adventure going there. They're kind of... I don't mind a bit of hard. I don't. I can do hard. I can do hardship. I know. I know you haven't had. You've, you've come here. I, I, I can do hardship. What about um, Shackleton? Yes, that story is incredible. I was reading the story of Shackleton, who his ship collapsed, and yeah. they got in this tiny, tiny boat and went across these horrendous seas. And I, I mean, the story is unbelievable. Fantastic. And I have to say, having been to that part of the world, you realise that you, you're out, it's so cold and so remote and so desolate. To be trudging through that is such, you'd have to be, you'd have to really terrifying, really. You have to be very hard. Amazing, yeah. Oh, Amazing. I could do that. What about the jungle? How, about, how would you fare in the jungle? I, 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 the jungle less so. I, I, I like the, the idea of the, of the snow appeals to me much more and the cold appeals to me much more than the heat. I would experience the jungle... But, but I, maybe maybe more snow is more more my thing. Mm. I think snow's the thing. Yeah. I mean both, but the jungle. Yeah, that's quite incredible. It, I'm sure it. it yeah, it's uh, yeah. Um, uh, the rain. I was in Corcovado National Park in Costa Rica, and the only way you can get there is by boat. There's no roads there, and that when it starts raining, there you know about it. It's like someone's just pouring a bucket of water on you. Those are the sort of things that I'd like, those real experiences that I'd like to have. Not the, the, the glamorous cruise, you know, where you just step off the cruise the cruise ship and have a little wander around the sort of the beads and things. But, 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 but you know, just you actually experience the real thing. And a, a jungle or, or cold, but snow is my probably preferred thing. But I'd, I'd do a jungle. Musicians have travel thrust upon yeah. them and some of them embrace it and others don't. But you, you, you like me on tour you're yeah. you know you're around the museums you're around the restaurants you know you'll try you go 100 yeah. miles out of your way to have lunch somewhere particularly i do i like to uh, visit somewhere and i like to experience a place yeah and we were only chatting earlier about how when we played in the istanbul jazz festival i was presented with a lovely leather jacket um yes. and you were wondering why you didn't get one and now we're thinking that perhaps that leather jacket was just somebody else's that they'd left in my dressing room and i thought it was a gift i think it probably but, was but actually. it's delightful to have it somebody's um, jacket. and we were talking for some reason we got onto the subject of erotic art yes do you collect that at all i don't really get i mean i have a few nice little bits and pieces but but i mean it's mostly stuff to match the sofa really yep. <laughs> have you got an erotic sofa i, I don't have an erotic sofa <laughs> do you have any erotic art is that something you um it sounds like no, I'm but, when I, with it, but you brought it up uh, we were doing a film once and with christian slater the american actor and he was telling me that he collected erotic art and i said i've got some and i'll bring it in next week and I was taught, I was building myself up, building it up. I ain't got any at all. But what <laughs> yeah. I did do was it's a complete lie. <laughs> yeah, complete. Oh, I've got that. But he yes, said I he collected it. it. He said I'd really like to see it, and I played it straight for a week, and then took him in some awful schoolboy sketches that I'd done of of uh, ladies and gentlemen in, in erotic positions <laughs> that were the, the most awful, like schoolboy drawings. 
and I made a big deal and presented to him. I said, hey, open the scroll, and, I, and he carefully opened it and then looked. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he do? How, what, the how look did he on his face. I think because I'd built it up so much, he really well, was expecting something. Well, they're life drawings. Something. He did, they were life drawings. He did from I life. did them in about 30 seconds. <laughs> not, you can not, imagine not, how, how... Not real. from a model, though. From just, from, <laughs> no. just from they were just very crude drawings. <laughs> yeah. But they'd be worth something, though. They could be worth something. To sign them, they'd be worth something. I think they'd they were probably something. burned. You know, instantly make, 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 make it, all that more collectible it's all how you frame yeah. them really if, yeah. you, if you're beautifully framed and beautifully but he wasn't presented. he was expecting something well yeah there could yeah, be yeah. he was expecting something well he stood you know he struck a quite yeah. a dynamic position I mean I know, as he opened the, the, the parcel you know look with his leg up stubbed his faggot on some imperial leather and, to, and opened it up and had a look <laughs> hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I have a pet, a jackdaw called Dawkins, who uh, rather an old jackdaw now. He must but, be old now. Yeah, well, well, yes. Well, jackdaws they say left it in the wild to live about five years, but I think Dawkins has got another ten. Really, where, where did Dawkins come from? Dawkins came from a, a, a friend of mine up in, um, in in Yorkshire has a falconry and a bird, a bird yeah. sanctuary, and, and it, these this was a nest that had been decimated by other birds, and it was the remaining egg was 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 left in the nest so we took it and incubated it and said would you like a, a jackdaw so i can't say whether I, I mean, whether i would do the same thing again but it was been it's been a fascinating it's just a lovely lo- lovely pet but I, I would not not one i would recommend to a lot of people to have because but if, if you do have a, a, a corvid like a crow or a crow or jackdaw they are very very fascinating rewarding entertaining are, yeah. brilliant birds he can turn on the television herself we found out we thought it was a he until she laid an egg and then now it's a, a she but still called dawkins after jack dawkins the artful dodger in um oliver twist of oh. course and so um it was, she can turn on the television she can turn on the the air cooler herself so she can sit on the air cooler with, really? with, with the cool they air are, going, going cool with she can sit, turn on, on the tv she does her she goes she, she has she has piles of child's toy bricks that she plays with all day long and squeaky balls and do you have a macaw as well macaw I have two parrots. I have a yeah. parrot called Fruity and a parrot called um, uh, Casper. And, and uh, do they? Do, they it, don't really. They're not really friends. They, they'll tolerate each other to, to an extent. Then you'll hardly hear a screeching coming from the other room, and have to run and kind of pull them pull them all apart. But uh, and do they say much? The, 
They don't. They're not. They're not really talking parrots. I've I've had a talking. I had a talking parrot for about thirty thirty odd years called Jacko, and he could sing. He could sing tainted love. He could sing everything. <laughs> he could do everything. He could, really? Yeah, he could sing it. Yeah. I thought I'd send, I thought sending him out on tour actually and just stay at home <laughs> would be good. We've got a carrion crow that we feed in Have our you? garden. Yeah. Then no, we know it's the same one because it's got a white patch yeah. on the back of it. Not, not like a hooded crow, but it's good. it's got a white patch on the back. That so we feed that yeah. and our foxes, which we feed every oh, day. Oh my god, we've got a lot a lot of foxes. Have you? Oh, I, I think round our area there must be a, there is a huge set of foxes. There was like nine running down the down. If you hear, if you hear them at night. Have you heard them at night? They, yeah. they, they scream like babies mm. you know, at, at night. They scream and they make noise and they howl. And you can watch them running down. There's about nine of them all running down the street, you know, pulling all the bins out and leaping on top of the cars and everything. And, the, and the, sort of some Bermondsey lady will be running out of the, the house, shaking her fist, going, get away, get away, and shoo, shoo, and shooing them away and shut up at three o'clock in the morning or something. And I, I remember hearing in Greenwich once, hearing a a fox screaming yeah, they scream. and I really thought it was a woman being attacked and went out looking they really to find, are find the um, yeah because it really did sound like someone yeah. she's been attacked and would have, it's, 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 I'm going to put a stop to this it's a frightening noise it's a very when you, when you get four or five of them fighting in the street at three o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning it's um yeah, they're quite, quite different horrific. city foxes to country foxes there oh, yeah, is yeah. a difference There's urban difference. foxes yeah urban foxes yeah, yeah. Got, I think one of them's got a longer snout I mean, I mean, for, for like an, an urban area, it's just so much wildlife. We've got foxes, we've got you know, uh, different types of corvids, we've got, we've got parrots living in the other. In the, in the, Although, you know, I mean, I did when, for instance, when we, I went to the Antarctic, you had to go to this small place in Colombia called um, Ponta Arenas, tiny little town, and it took forever to get there. You had to sort of change flights, and it was all quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. And it was right down on the southern part of. Columbia and then you could get out. Anyway, we got there a day early before out, the people were taking us and everybody else arrived. So we went out, there was just me and my wife, we thought, we'll just go and have a look at what's sort of local thing. It was a national park. Right. And bear in mind, it's the tip of South America, so you'd think there'll be some pretty extraordinary things there. So a taxi driver takes us up and the national park's on top of the mountain and there's trails you can walk around for an hour, so we thought we'll do that. And as we just going up the mountain and then we come around the corner into where you sort of the, the, the national park begins and there's a car park and you can, and the taxi driver says, Wait, Josh, listen, listen, look, 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 in the bushes there. So we he stops, turns the engine off and we're like, What is it? What is it? You know, we're saying really like some extraordinary creature, or maybe one of those giant birds that are sort of ten feet tall or whatever, yeah. you know. And um out of the bushes came a rabbit. This look. Look, I thought, well, we've got those in Kent, mate. I was trying to get rid of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was it. That was it, a rabbit. Yeah. And that was the biggest thrill. That yeah, that's thrill. right, yeah. And yeah. this was a wildlife park. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is a giant bird. What's that giant bird called? Which one? The, 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 the Ostrich, kill... emu, cassowary. Cassowary. That's yeah. the one. Worry. Isn't that the biggest one that killed somebody? Well, they're, they're, they're really violent, those things, yeah. And they're the biggest, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. about nine foot tall. I think when I was on tour with you, George, we found a great little bird place. We were watching this cassowary. It was a fantastic... How would you describe it to see it? Look it, was it. Like a, like, it was like, it was a, wasn't quite like an, an emu sort well, of... Well, they're prehistoric. They've got a it huge, It was kind, kind of like this... Kind of, and we, as we were watching it, I've got to say, it did probably the biggest dump I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's all I remember about the cast the cassowary. I still talk about that with Trevor now. <laughs> the cassowary, the Trevor the cassowary that did the gigantic dump. Did they have? I was hearing the other day one of the earliest musical instruments 
that is now discovered in relatively modern times, which is 1300 BC, which is modern times because that's when they were building the pyramids, so that right. is relatively modern times. They have is evidentially, I mean proven, that there were giant herons that were about seven foot tall and had a 10 foot wingspan, um, and their thigh bones were used as early flutes, and they right. found these flutes, and wonder what they were they figured now, the, the archaeologists and some people have worked out that's what it is, and so that's the earliest sort of um, woodwind instrument, well, woodwind instrument right. that people are aware the of. The heron it. leg flute. The heron leg flute, that's right, very collectible. And who can dream of what they sounded like when played by the ancient Egyptians? Maybe like a heron? Could be. I had to shout at a heron this morning. You what, shouted at one? I shouted at a heron this morning. Are lovely, they're lovely. Well, they're aren't? beautiful looking, yeah, but again, beautiful, unfortunately, yes. they want to kill all the, the frogs, you see. So you shout, but that's the nature of it. Yes, it's I know. I, know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hurt a parent, but I so didn't the think. So fo- the foxes eat, eat the guinea fowl, and the yeah. So the I don't. I don't hurt, but I do shout them to go away. At first, I tried impersonating the heron to see if I could speak its language. So I would make a sort of a. <clears throat> I'll just stand yeah. up with the microphone. Hang on. Ah! <laughs> And that's a heron. Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> that, 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 I think if you come, if you come close, if I, if I saw a heron present that kind of call, <laughs> would, that's I'd run ter- a mile. That's actually terrifying. <laughs> that didn't seem. That off. was more like a silverback gorilla. Yeah, thank you. It sounds like carnage, actually, your place, actually, doesn't it? It's like I'll tell you what. It's like the sort of wild jungle out there. It is. It's carnage. Yeah. Absolute mm. carnage. Yeah. I love your little guinea fowls. I love no, them. So they? do I. That's why I don't want the fox eating they're them. They're adorable, aren't they? When I was a kid, we used to play football with guinea fowls' eggs because they're so tough. And there used to be a lot of them. Where I grew up, in the countryside, there was um, a farm there and it had a chicken coop right in the middle of the farm. And one of the games we used to play was like commandos. You had to get round and nick an egg from the chicken coop, which was right across the, the farmer's front yard were you dressed as, as a, a world war ii commander sort of thing with I think probably and... in those days it was quite popular to wear um bomber jackets from the army so we'd yeah. cre- creep around on our stomachs and get the egg you had to get the egg and then get out of there because the farmer and his sons were known to be quite violent characters and one of them one of my friends got caught was put in um the back of the truck and we saw him, his, his face at the back windows, saying, mouthing, help me, help me. <laughs> where did he get away? Where, where did they take him? They took him into the barn. Never seen again? They took him into the barn, strapped him up, and um, said, we'll let you go if you um, tell us where you've hidden your nudie mags. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a, that's an image, isn't it? Really? Uh, 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 and, and did he? He didn't have any hidden, <laughs> but they thought he did. So they bushwhacked him a bit, bull whipped him, whatever, you know, and then set him free. Well, and that he was came very scary. What, what age was he? So twenty-five or? It was, <laughs> this was last week. No, he was. I would say about twelve. That was a good story for him that he dined on for a long time. Yeah. Oh, God, that boy was me. Was he you? And here's a message from our sponsors. I tried explaining to my four-year-old son that it's perfectly normal to poop your pants, but he still keeps making fun of me. You need dumpsters catch-all pants. When nature calls, you're in control. You're in control. You're in control. (laughs) You're in control.
do you like driving at speed? Because I've been with you in the, the autobahns in Germany. You yes. can travel along at I love, 100 miles I love, an hour. I love that, actually. You're yeah. allowed to do that and everything. Oh, yes, I absolutely, absolutely love that. I, um, mm. I, I'm a great... I mean, I mean, I love cars. I, I, I love old American cars, really. I've got an obsession about old American cars. When, whenever I go to America or do I go to, to Los Angeles or whatever, all, we always, the thing to do is just always hire an old, like a Chevrolet Stingray or, or, or a, a Studebaker or an old Cadillac mm. or, or, or something and just drive around in it because that's, you know, playing play rock and roll music because that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's the, what the culture well, invented that. Yeah. When you're there, that's what they're, yeah. they're Do you think for. Americans do the same here, though? You know, because there's that, that romance, isn't it? Of, yeah. Like, and we imagine that. I had a cultural exchange with a rodeo uh, rider once. Yeah who said my house then stole my Vauxhall Viva and drove it off to Dundee where he got a job as an upholsterer. That's not true, but imagine if that would... You're saying for the rodeo rider, that would be the British dream. The yes. British dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Vauxhall, Vauxhall Viva, Viva yeah. listening to the home uh, service. Yeah. Listening to Shawaddy Waddy. Shawaddy Waddy. <laughs> <Vauxhall laughs> <Vauxhall Viva. laughs> no, I think you're right. That would, that would sort of all make, that would all make yeah. sense. I think yeah. that's right. No, but I mean, for instance, I do like... It's nice to fit the car to the thing. Yeah. You know, for instance... Uh, you know, you might want to kind of be, if you're in Italy, it'd be great to have a sort of Ferrari and you'd be listening to like maybe Italian opera music. You know, I did go yes. around Germany in a, a fast Mercedes doing 120 miles an hour yeah, on the yeah. autobahn, uh, listening to Bach. You oh, know, yeah. wherever you are, you want to, if yeah. you're driving driving through uh, Wales, I'd be listening to Tom Jones. I'd love it, you know. But yeah. did you attempt, we attempted to put on autobahn by Kraftwerk. Well, that would have been a good one to put on, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. There's a good, here's a serious tip for everyone. There's a very good app for your phone as well as your podcast app on which you can receive this right. podcast and other free gifts, you can go to one called Radio Garden. And basically, it's a map of the world and there's thousands of dots. As you zoom in on here, it might be Cuba, it might be South London, it might be Paris, anywhere in the world, uh, Jamaica, Memphis, whatever. You, as you zoom in, all the radio stations come up and you just touch one and that radio station plays through your phone. That's magic. Really? And it really is great. It's like, whoa, whoa. That's like magic, isn't it? Yeah, you can hear ones. I, magic. You know, there's one I heard in Russia the other day, fantastic, they're playing this classical music. I don't even know what it was because they said it at the end, but it was made me cry. It was so beautiful, some pianist playing. So you could be driving through Hull and listening to Radio Exeter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Can you imagine living the dream? Yeah. Or, that, yes. but, but or, or exactly like that. When you're saying, well, you you know, you're driving through Memphis and you want to, or when I was driving from Mississippi, wanting to listen to the sort of radio stations to give me the vibe. Yeah. I could actually, if I wanted to, just go and sit in my car. Well, you can't travel at the moment. I could go and sit in my car and I could be tuning into sort of uh, the Austrian um, <laughs> home service. Yeah. And imagine I was driving through the sort of Austrian mountains. Yeah. You know. So you or wherever in Italy yeah. or whatever you know. So, yeah. I never cease to be it's amazed by this. That's absolutely magic, isn't it? It's yeah, really. it's, it's great a tip you've heard here on this podcast. I think you've, it's a great thing. It's entertaining. It's mm. educational. It's informative. It's it fun. is now. Everyone's looking for that app. I'll yeah. be looking. At that. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be getting the app on my phone actually. Yeah. And what do I get out of it? Fuck all. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been a thorough and a thorough enjoyment and very informative today. That, that's right. It's been, a trip, it, it's been a trip around the world. It's been a trip around a the world. We've been to, world to, to all over the world, and and it's been a pleasure having him as our guest here today, the great singer, songwriter, and man, Mark Armand. Thank you. Well, there goes lovely Mark, walking home, probably via the fish and chip shop.
probably via the fish and chip shop, to pack his bags to go off and do another show in Russia where they love him. And maybe to Antarctica where I shall join him. This podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers were James Stewart and George Latham. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.